0: A fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of dataitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is—or the way he thinks it is. Where are you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends across the country who, are in just a couple days, are set to try to break their own personal record for how many brackets you can enter. That's right, boys and girls. It is March Madness time. And the Selection Sunday is just a couple days away. And we'll be talking all about that on bet.noah.com. Coming up all across next week, it will be a fun week. Um, Looking forward to it. Our first March Madness. And I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at bet.nola.com, the Times McKeon, and The Advocate. And I apologize for if I sound a little nasally, a little flush, whatever you want to call it. Um, I feel like a caged animal. I am, for the second time in 13 months, I have contracted COVID-19. Just goes to show... Vaccines and natural immunity, yeah, not all it cracked up to be, at least not for me, so I guess it could be worse. Um, one thing is I know that it wasn 't as bad this time as when I got it in february of twenty twenty one that is for darn sure, but um, I've been stuck in the house all week, um, but still able to do my task, still able to sit at my desk at least for a few hours at a time, and so i'm'm i'm, I'm, I'm going to live at least this time. <laughs> No fun, boys and girls, but one thing you can do when you have COVID is you're able to watch a lot of TV, and I have been able to see a lot of basketball over the past uh, week or so, and um, it obviously didn't do me any good with best bets. As we record this, uh, our best bet of the day, my best bet of the day was, was Auburn. Um, and the last I looked they we're getting shellacked by Texas A&M. A lot, by the time most of you listen to this, that game will be over. LSU is set to play Arkansas at 1.30 p.m. Uh, on ESPN, uh, where the Tigers, I believe, are two-point underdogs to Arkansas. should be a good game, and we're going to get into that a little bit uh, as long, well as a lot of other things. Coming up with WWL-TV sports director Doug Mouton, who's coming on the show in just about – Eight to ten minutes, um, and we run the gamut and trying to set a. Re- Speaking of trying to set a record for how many brackets you're going to do, we're going to try to set a record for how many topics we can talk about in a about an hour and twenty minute show today. Um, we're going to talk about baseball. We're going to talk about the LSU basketball team and where they stand now going into Selection Sunday. We're going to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans who were dealt a big blow. I think CJ McCollum is in the same boat I'm in. He's in quote-unquote health protocols, which probably means he's got COVID. Um, they're not saying, and we don't know, and we don't know how long he's going to be out, but now he and Brandon Ingram are both out tonight's game against the Charlotte Hornets. The linesmakers, though, still have faith in the Pelicans because they're only two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home tonight. So, interesting, at the Smoothie King Center, couldn't have come at a worse time, really, because the Pels are kind of in a situation where – They're only a game and a half up in that tenth spot, and they're going through the easier part of the latter half of their schedule, and they really need to win some games. So uh, this is not a good—not that it's ever a good time—but this is really not a good time because they're they're facing situations where they they need to win. They got Houston coming up on Sunday, um, and I'm doubting that Brandon Ingram will be back uh, for—I mean, he's not going to be back tonight, and he's probably not going to be back Sunday. We don't know when C.J. McCollum's coming back. So they need to find a way to win at least one of these games. Again, a game and a half ahead of Portland, two games ahead of the Spurs as we sit here on Friday afternoon or early Friday afternoon. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. We're also going to talk about the New Orleans Saints and their quarterback situation. Obviously one name that's been that's out now, we talked about it on Wednesday. We On Dattitude, we talked about it uh, – in the at-the-book show yesterday on Bet.nola.com. and uh, Russell Wilson now being traded to the Broncos. So that really leaves, and we put percentages on it. I think you're looking at Jameis Winston is the, certainly the favorite to be the quarterback for the Saints on opening day in 2022, the second week of September. Teddy Bridgewater is in the, in the mix, um, and just a slight chance, and I mean slight that it could be Jimmy Garoppolo or a name that we have not talked about all that much. I put that at about 5%, 5 or 10%. Um, I think it's about 20%, 25% it's Teddy Bridgewater. And so that leaves, what, 65%, 70% chance it's Jameis Winston. Maybe they find a way to get Matt Corral in the draft. To me, that's the only chance uh, of anyone in the draft that, that could possibly take the team. And even if they draft Matt Corral, they're not going to go into the season. Uh, with a rookie quarterback, I can tell you that now. They think they can win now. You can't win now, I don't think, with a rookie quarterback. Um, and the Saints' window is starting to close a little bit. As good as this defense is, they've they've got some older bodies now on defense. Um, things that we're going to talk about as the season goes along, uh, as the off season goes along, excuse me. Um, as we get closer to the draft, we'll get more into that as well. But right now it's more basketball than anything uh, – Again, Major League Baseball agreeing to to a deal yesterday. Uh, The owners and the players finally agreeing. We'll get into that with Doug. Uh, Talk about the new rules. There's a DH in the National League now. Most of you probably are for that. Me, not so much. Not the end of the world. Uh, Expanded playoffs, six teams on each side. I know most of you are probably for that as well. For those of you that even care about baseball. And we know that this is not a huge baseball market. But it is what it is. I am, I am a huge baseball guy, and uh, we will talk a little bit about that on the show coming up. Um, so, what do we think about LSU going forward? I think today's game does it mean a ton? Probably not. I think the win yesterday at least seals a six seed. Um, I think with a win today, they could, and even if they don't win today, I think they have a chance at a five seed. Um, and there's a huge difference. And again, we talk about this, but when, to me, there's not that big of a difference between one, two, or three, okay? I, I just, I don't think there are. I don't think there's a huge difference between seven, eight, nine, and ten. But when you're talking about six and five in, in that range, uh, to me, there's a big difference between seven and six, and there's even bigger difference between six and five. Because I think what, what five does, it gives you a better chance if you can win that first-round game, it obviously gives you an easier opponent in the first round because you play at 12. But I think it also gives you a better chance to win in the second round and get to the Sweet 16. And I think if this LSU team can find a way to make it to the Sweet 16, that is a win and a big step forward for this program because we don't know what's going to happen with the Will Wade situation. And it's obviously going to weigh a ton in the next just really a few weeks, um, is Will Wade going to survive all this mess again? I don't know. And if he doesn't, what does it mean for the future of LSU basketball? I guess we'll find out, and we'll find out soon. So let's get into our guest um, again. Just one guest today, and you know I expected it to be a 35 minutes a show so segment with Doug Mouton it ended up being an hour. We had a lot to talk about. It was an interesting. It was an interesting conversation. Love talking with Doug because we just have fun doing it. And that's, uh, that's what we have here. We start off with baseball and run the gamut. So let's start that gamut right here. Welcome you into the Dattitude Podcast on a Friday morning or late morning or early afternoon, whenever you're listening to it. We're, we're just happy you're listening. Doug and sports director at WWL-TV. Uh, welcome to the show, Brother Moo. Oh,
1: Jim, very happy to be here.
0: Um we're going to set a record for being as far across the map as we possibly be in the world of sports because really this time of year it is crazy around here as you know um being in the business um, probably longer than me and I've been in it for 32 years um it's just this time of year we've got LSU basketball we've got Pelicans right now we've got Saints trying to figure out who their quarterback is and we have major league baseball which usually is in spring training right now they have finally figured things out supposedly and that's where i want to start because you and i are both big into baseball not just in the fantasy world of baseball but just baseball fans in general and uh what were your thoughts when you saw that they finally came to an agreement well it seemed
1: for about the last week that they were getting close and that they had all it's funny because you know they at the beginning it's all about these major financial obstacles and by the end it's about whether or not there's an international draft which is something that doesn't even come up at the beginning so once it got to those kind of issues you knew it was going to be any day and look both sides they may not have said it but they're both motivated to have a 162 game season and even though they postponed those first couple of series you know the deadline really hasn't hit and look i In in the world of everything, (laughs) deadlines motivate people and stuff gets done when you get pushed to a deadline. And the first deadline wasn't really a deadline, but the deadline of starting to lose games is starting to lose money on both sides. And that was a real deadline that both sides obviously took seriously. And I mean, look, we talked about this before it started. I thought they would get it wrapped up in time to have a whole season. I thought it would screw with training camp just because it'd be posturing until we got to a, a real deadline. And I think I think that's exactly how it played out. They got it done. Um, I don't why it has to be so confrontational and contentious. I have no idea, but it just does. That seems to be a given. But the fact is it got done without any major damage, and that's awesome.
0: You and I have worked on deadline a few times. It does motivate you. I'm <laughs> like,
1: it holy does. crap, I got- <laughs> Look, there's times, look, I do sports at 5:23 every day, and there's times when I'm like, "Oh God, at five o'clock, I gotta write something." There yeah, is. exactly. You know what? It always seems to get done.
0: It always does get done, and for baseball, it's got done. Some of these rules, though. Okay, now look, I'm a traditional, so I'm not. I'm I'm gonna try not to sound like a 53 year old ass in my seat, uh, gonna just sit here for the next six hours and watch TV kind of guy. Okay. But I am not a DH guy, all right? So it's going to hurt. And being a National League fan, and not just because I'm a Cubs fan, because I just love the National League, just in general. I have a hard time watching AL games. I always have. So I am worried now that with the DH in place in the NL that I'm going to have trouble watching games. I hope that's not the case.
1: That's right. Let me say this. And I think I've said this to you before. I hate traditionalists. I hate it. And it, here's my question with baseball, right? And look, I love baseball. I, I think part of the reason I love it is because I don't have to cover it. I can just watch it as a pure fan and just enjoy it because I'm rarely doing Major League Baseball stories. Why is it NFL football today almost in no way resembles football of the 70s? That's Things right. you can do in the passing game, guys can't get hit. They can't. You know what? NFL football ratings are the highest. Basketball almost doesn't resemble a sport of you know, the Detroit Pistons mauling people. That is and true. You cannot play the same. Hockey, I don't really know, but I, do, I did look it up. There have been like 10 pages of rule changes in the last 20 years to try to open up more offense. Why is every sport allowed to evolve and develop and change rules and make rules to make it more entertaining and more offensive. But when baseball changes everything, traditionalists flip out. And they go nuts. Oh, we can't change that. We can't change everything. Who need the sport for 1907. Like, why is it that baseball is not allowed to evolve like every other sport? I have never understood that. And it drives me nuts. Look, Jim, what's coming in the next two years? two years is a ban of the shift that's company and you're going to scream and you're going to be angry. And you know what? It's going to make baseball a little bit more fun to watch, but that's, that's coming uh, um, speeding up, making pitchers not take a minute between pitches. Like they're going to have a rule and I know they've started moving that way. There's going to be hard rules about time clocks to make things more entertaining. And it's going to be good in the long run. Um, look pitchers batting was silly and and going to the dh now and I, and I think i was with you 10 years ago but now when you watch games seeing a real uh, a real hit or hit is better than watching a pitcher hit and the pitchers don't get hurt as often and a lot of pitching injuries happen when they're batting or running bases they're not going to be doing that anymore it opens up more offense and jim like it or not the sp- or it has to be allowed to evolve at least a little
0: bit. You know, my daughters have uh, Barbie dream houses that are updated. It don't look anything like they looked in 1975 with my sisters. And uh, they have cell phones, like plastic cell phones now and all kinds of new things. It doesn't mean I watch her play Barbies just like I didn't watch my sisters play Barbies. Uh, that doesn't mean I have to like it. I mean, I, you know, I'm coming up with, with, with silly uh, metaphors here. But I, I will say that. Football, I, you're right. I don't mind the changes in football. I think they've been exciting for the most part. They obviously need to get rid of some of the serious, stupid hits in football. Um, there, there are rules they still need to change and make football better. Football's done better than anyone. Basketball, I don't watch it as much as I used to. Maybe not. I don't know if it's just the rules change. I don't know if it's that I don't like them taking four steps to the basket. I am an old dude. I don't care. People make fun of me. Go ahead. I, I don't have a problem with it. But there are certain things that are just—I don't know if they're sacred or if this—I, I don't. And it's like I don't even mind change all that much. It's not the, the, the change for change sake. Kind of. There are things that evolve. I like the fact that my car has a TV screen in it, or you know, I can see the number instead of a dial and and that I can use my cell phone through my speakers in my car. I like change for the most part, but some things you're not supposed to touch.
1: Okay, but look, it, making, baseball is more fun when there's a little bit of offense, and w- watching a pitcher strike out another pitcher is not all that exciting. Watching a pitcher strike out a real hitter is, it can often be super fun to watch. We're putting, we're putting better hitters. Watching Josh Arietta hit a home run is fun, though. No, it is. You're right. And watching Madison Bumble like one of the few pitchers that can really hit. hit. Like in the home run. A home
0: run in the World series. series. I get that.
1: And, and no, nothing is about 100% better. But 90% of pitcher at bats will now be more entertaining to watch. 90%. You're not waiting to get through this guy. You know, like do, do it away with an intentional walk, like letting a guy take first base and saving the 40 seconds of throwing four pitches. Like those are the kind of smart moves that just get rid of some of the fat in the game. Look, baseball is a beautiful sport. You just got to clean up a little bit of the fat. And, and that's what every sport has tried to do over the course of the last 20 years. Let baseball try to evolve a little bit. Do you like, look, they're going to oh, do a little oh, hold, hold
0: on, hold on. Speaking
1: guys, of. That all of better. Are you okay with doing a little No, hold on. Speaking
0: of fat, you bringing a fat. You know what the DH is going to do? And it's already done in the AL. It's going to allow 38-year-old fat guys to keep playing baseball. That, that's, that's
1: good. What it's they fun to watch. That kid stumbled to first base. Well, I will say this. Look, the DH was originally created to extend the life of of the greats in baseball let them play another couple of years where they don't have to play in the field that's what it began as that was sort of the you know, yeah. mindset it's not that now now there are they're guys who can't just literally can't play the field Who are just disasters in the field they do but don't, you the field. Yeah, don't you miss that don't you miss that no no i no. look i i i was with you 10 years ago i'm fine now let's uh, and I watch enough games I right. watch national American League. There's no magic to watching a pitcher bat. It's usually just waiting to get through this terrible at-bat or this See, bad sacrifice. To me, it's, it's, not,
0: it's not as much about the pitcher batting as it is. It's more strategy for the manager to go through. I mean, you and I can almost manage a game now What with the DA. You don't bet. have to think about when you're going to – it's a lot easier to – you're going to have pitchers – all right, you're pitching five innings, and that's it. It doesn't matter when you come out. It doesn't matter when you make your pitching change. It doesn't matter when you do your – there's not going to be a double switch anymore or hardly ever. You're not going to have to figure out, can I get this guy through this inning because he's coming up next in the next inning. You don't have to worry about yeah, that I anymore. It. it takes all that out it. of the manager's hands.
1: I get it, and, and I don't disagree with that, but it also makes it slightly more offensive-minded and – that's it, it, makes baseball a little bit more fun. And oh, great. It, the sport, nine to seven now.
0: Lots of yeah. nine to seven and ten to eight games. Oh, I can't
1: wait. I, I, there are no more of those in the American League. Like, that's okay. That, that's not going to
0: happen. But I will say that the American League games last about a half an hour longer, and baseball yeah, well, lasts too long as it is.
1: Baseball's going to have to figure out a way to to speed up play a little bit. Um, but they, they, they have a little bit, but not well enough. They need to get games to about three hours. They go a little over that now playoff games are the ones that go really long back. Um, but that, that that's the, that's next on the agenda. I'm sure.
0: All right. Here's another question for you about baseball as, as we're about to move on because I do want to run the gamut a little bit here. Doug Mouton on Friday on Dattitude, why they make the bases bigger.
1: I, I, you tell me. I, I I don't have a great reason
0: for that. My friend Uncle Big Nick says so. It's old guys like me who don't like change. So now we can see the bases better.
1: <laughs> that's a great, that's beautiful logic. Yeah.
0: So they're yeah, trying I, to like don't... they're trying to compromise. They're 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 taking away the ba- the pitches hitting, but now we'll be able to see the bases. <laughs> you know what? I, I want
1: to read on that because that's, you know, look, I, I wonder if it's an injury thing that flips on top of each other and a little bit more space makes that more possible. I don't know. But, but now you got to be curious. I'm going to read on it.
0: All right. We're going to have to check that out. Um, there are other changes. I'm not totally opposed to the expanded playoffs. And again, baseball is different. I know that they are trying to be, I don't want them to be the NBA. I don't no, want. No. I don't want eight teams in there uh, on each on each side. I certainly don't want ten. You have to earn your way in. I don't want teams with sub five hundred records in the playoffs. I think six is okay, but that's yeah. the absolute limit for me.
1: I agree with that one hundred percent. Look, I think six is legit. You play one hundred sixty two games and you're you know ten or twelve games over five hundred. Yeah. I hate, is there something I agree. that you hate this. Game? Look, playoff baseball is is so much fun. Whenever every at that means that much, it, it becomes like a different sport. Um, there's something beautiful about playoff baseball, and I, I have no problem expanding it. And obviously, that's where the money is. You saw the NFL go to the 17th, just adding one game. That, you, you talk about adding revenue. You, you add it in playoff time because that's when the ratings are highest that most people watch.
0: I have not looked, but I, I Doug, do you know if they're going to do away with this one game? I do have a problem with that. Any – one-game playoff, unless it's for a tiebreaker, is just silly. Are, are they are they at least making a three-game series or something? Well, have I, have, you?
1: I haven't seen that, but, but the one rule that I know will make you happy is they're not doing the man on second base and extra
0: innings. Oh, thank God. I did, I did see that. All right, good. We're going I back to
1: it. I didn't have a problem with it. It was a little silly, I admit, but they it created some weird strategy in extra innings. But, but yeah, Great they're going to go back to a normal good. extra innings.
0: Good. That's what they should do. That's that's real baseball. Yeah,
1: I haven't even read in- through all the rule changes. This just happened. You know, it just happened yesterday. And actually, what I find most fascinating right now is all of these free agents. And and you're going to have in baseball, the NFL, the, the NFL too, in the next uh, next week. But baseball this week, you're going to see yeah, a ton get crazy of seven days, big market free agents that are going to have to all make decisions. Yeah. super fast. His teams are going to have to put their rosters together. So I think the next week, so honestly, less rule changes. I've been, I've been looking at the free agents and where they're going. And it's a very exciting time if you're a baseball player.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's some uh, 232 hitter who hits eight home runs a year who just can't wait to wear uh, that Cubs uniform. I can't wait to see who it's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, right. we'll move on to that excuse me, I'm a little reclumped here, just talking about it. All right, uh, moving on. The next thing I want to talk about, I do want to talk about LSU basketball. And uh, by the time people, a lot of people listen to it, the game will either be in progress or be over. So we don't know what's going to happen as we talk. Arkansas is playing, I mean, not Arkansas. Um, uh, who's playing right Auburn's playing right now in the SEC tournament. Auburn, Texas A&M, um, LSU's to follow. But I will say this. With the way that LSU played yesterday, I think there's a good chance now. First of all, I think they've at least locked up a six seed. I think there's an excellent chance now that they could get a five seed, which just a week and a half ago, before they were able to beat Alabama, they were looking like a seven seed. And there's a big difference, Doug, you and I both know, between that seven seed, every little seed you can move up when you're in that range makes a huge difference because – if you're able to win your first-round matchup, it gives you a much better chance to be able to advance to the Sweet 16, which I think for this team is a realistic goal and a great stepping stone.
1: Well, look, I'll say this too: this LSU team, the way they play defense, um, they're gonna—they can be in any game. But you know, the problem is, they can beat any team and they yeah. can lose any team because they play great defense. So they're certainly not a great offensive team. So so every game is going to be close. Um, obviously, today against Arkansas is huge. Um, Arkansas, just for me personally, Eric Musselman coaches Arkansas. He, he was – my first TV job was in Rapid City, South Dakota. He was the general manager of the Rapid City Thrillers, which was a wow. TVA team. Yeah, so I've known Eric pretty well since 1988. And the, the, the biggest name and the best player on his team – in Rapid City, was Keith Smart, who, you oh, know, the same when he got for Indiana. I was there. Yeah. All three years, Keith Smart was an under- player. Keith Smart and Eric Musselman have both been NBA head coaches. Keith is now Eric's primary assistant at Arkansas. And Keith, I knew extremely well, he and I were born on the same day in the same hospital in Baton Rouge. Wow. Uh, with, yeah, so on the same day and the same hospital in Baton Rouge. Anyway, um, so... So, so I have a little a soft place for Arkansas. I'm pulling for them to win because I like both those guys a lot. Not to win today against LSU, but just be in general. Um, Arkansas right now is 15th in the country. That would be a huge win for LSU if they could get it. Um, it's funny when, when the seedings come out, because what you're saying, it not a seven, it could be a five. Like, sometimes what gets thrown out at the end is all of a sudden they're a three or an eight. You know what I mean? Like, you think you know, and all the – prognostication say something, and then it's sometimes it's a little bit off. But clearly, the SEC is playing terrific basketball this season. Um, you're getting respect for being in the conference. LSU's got a bunch of quality wins. Um, it's a lot of it is finishing strong. Today is huge. The LSU team's fun to watch because of the way they play defense. talking about old school basketball. Like they do a lot of those things. Um, it, so I I like LSU certainly. They're in, I agree with you. I think they might already be a five, but finishing strong would be incredibly important. And and today against Arkansas, like, this is like, to me, the biggest asterisk game of the year to watch because Arkansas is legit. Arkansas is a, is a, is a quality team. That's getting a high seed and, uh, and, and, and LSU can play with anybody.
0: How much does this whole will Wade situation, uh, kind of hang over this team right now. And, 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 you know, it's the same thing as a couple of years ago. I I, I hate the timing of this from the NCAA and, and this coming out that, you know, this talk of what could happen and improprieties that we've been hearing about for years. And, again, this has to surface right before the NCAA tournament. It's it's almost like they're just trying to – look, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not the biggest Will Wade fan on the planet. But the fact that they're coming out with this again at this time is just – to me, almost an unfair thing. Either do this in like October and get it over with, or wait till the season's over. And, and now you're affecting the kids as well, and they're still kids in my mind. How, how much do you think it, it just kind of hangs over this team?
1: Honestly, I feel like it's been hanging over the team for three years, waiting for the NCA to do this, and then to see what Scott Woodward was going to do. Yeah, the timing's terrible. I honestly thought all this was going to happen before this season began. Yeah, and then I Scott gonna have to make a decision whether he keeps the weight or, or goes in a – you know, and sort of fights the NCAA or says, you know what, we can't have this. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt it hangs. But look, sometimes – I mean, you know, in sports, sometimes the adversity is what galvanizes something. So, it, honestly, it may not be the worst team, you know, us-against-the-world kind of mentality. In, in, in the sports world, we've seen that work a lot. So I'm not sure – it, it plays a negative role. I, I wouldn't necessarily believe that because when it comes down to it, it's how, how big is your rotation. The eight guys, right. so it's eight kids against their eight kids, and and the rest of it doesn't really matter. And so, so I don't. I my guess is it doesn't affect the actual play on the court, but it certainly hangs over the program. There's no doubt about that. And at some point, Scott. At some point there's gonna be some kind of penalty or reckoning and Scott Woodward's gonna to have to make a decision whether he believes what Will Wade did was bad enough that he's gonna move on and he'll have his excuse if he wants to do that, or if he's gonna rally behind Will Wade and say, you know what, we're gonna fight for this.
0: The one thing we know is I not-
1: honestly don't know which way that's gonna go. I I honestly don't know.
0: Yeah, the one thing with Scott Woodward is if Will Wade does not survive this, which I mean I'm thinking there's been enough talk. It's been enough distraction, and and quite honestly, Will Wade to me has coached like he's been distracted this year. Um, this team is going through a walls, and even though they started out hot and 15 and 0 and and everything and played as well as they did the first couple months of the season, he's coached through this SEC season like like he's been distracted. But so personally, just my gut feeling is that he doesn't make it through. But Scott Woodward has been known, obviously. That he likes to make the big splash. So if he doesn't make it through this, it will be very interesting to see what big name comes and coaches this LSU team. Again, I know that's speculation for another time to see whether you know Coach Wade makes it through or not. I'm not wishing ill will on him. None of that stuff. I'm just saying that I, I just think Scott Wood wants to put his own stamp on this on this team.
1: No, that's a good point, and and I don't disagree. And and, and look, there are games. LSU so offensively challenged that I don't disagree. But but I will say this: look, this thing's been hanging over this team, and he was still able to recruit a solid team, yeah. twenty two wins in a really good conference. He's not on the NCAA bubble; he's in the tournament. I mean, honestly, just from a coaching standpoint, you believe he should be fired? I don't have any argument against you. Um, and a, look, a lot of these players are coming back next year. You know, from, from a coaching standpoint. This team is in a position that, given all the distractions, I wouldn't have thought they could be this good this year. Yeah. You would ask me in October, how good is LSU basketball name With all the stuff going on with Bill Wade, he could be fired any minute. The NCAA could come up with a bombshell any minute. Man, I, he's got to be close to done. He, they're 22 and 10 yeah. um, in the second round of the SEC tournament, in the NCAA tournament for sure. I mean, you could say he's coach distracted, but the actual coaching job. I think has been really good. And he coaches defense. And, and, I, and I love basketball teams that play defense. And they are, and it's fun.
0: Yeah, they play defense as well as any team in the country. And I don't mean that. I'm not just throwing that out there. They really they do that. as well. And, really and, do. and I thought this would be a 17 or so win kind of team. Um, Me too. Maybe maybe somehow sneak in the tournament, if not be in the NIT. I, but
1: I, I certainly I, I wouldn't put him good. in position.
0: Yeah, I certainly wouldn't put him in a position at this point where they're a lock to make the turn. So yeah, I would right. have never thought.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I I, I would have thought they're a long shot. If you'd asked me in preseason, I would have said they're a long shot to get him there. I mean, a long, and they're they're guaranteed. And and I think you have to look, even if you think what he did was morally wrong or whatever. Like, if you don't like, you have to at least look at the coaching job and say, man, this guy did do a pretty good job with a lot of adversity, and he's got his team in the NCAA turn.
0: Well, I will say this in defensive role, Wade. If you think what he did is morally wrong, then you think about 100 or 150 other coaches in the NCAA are doing things that are morally wrong. They just haven't gotten caught. So okay. get, yeah. get get over well, and yourself. The argument,
1: and, the, and the counter to that is, okay, then if everyone's doing it, he's the dumbest
0: because he's the one who got that's caught. Probably, that's true. Okay, I can live with that. But, I mean, it's the same thing, and, and it's not just in the college level. I covered high school sports for – I don't know, 15, 20 years. It it happens in high school too, boys and girls. I mean, it, so guess what? I mean, recruiting the way that he's doing, whatever he's been doing, um, he just was dumb about it. I mean, so is yeah. that a punishable or offense? Being dumb, about it. yeah. I mean,
1: yeah. that year, too, too bold. Yeah, any of those things.
0: Too bold. Uh, that's a that's not, a good not, it, not,
1: not playing the game. However you want to say it. Yeah. But, well, but look, from pure coaching standpoint, he's in the tournament in a year that I would not have believed that to be possible. No, I mean possible, but not guaranteed like this.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think overall throughout his tenure here, he's done a good job, um, but I kind of expect, I don't know, it's hard to say You, you had the best record in the SEC two years in a row, and then you get to the tournament again. Where LSU came from, it's hard to not say he's done a great job, but, it's just something – I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. There's just something about this program that strikes me the wrong way. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's – I don't know what it is. It's just something weird about it that just – it's it doesn't sit with me well. As, as a, a kid who grew up loving LSU, is wearing purple and gold as we sit here, um, went to LSU and was in the LSU band, and, you know, it just – it just something doesn't sit right about – I don't know if it's this guy or this team or this program or the way they are. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's weird. So we'll, we we'll have-
1: okay, point, it would be really interesting to see what Scott would do with the basketball. That, that would be, that would be very, interesting because you look at the job Kim Mulkey's done with the women's program has been absurd in one year with yeah. largely the same team. Um, Yes, it, it, it would be interesting to see what he would do, but but we're not there yet. And this team this team still has an NCA run that it could make. And look, that's the thing I, I will say a hundred times about this team. They play good enough defense where they're gonna be in every game. I don't think anybody's gonna beat them by fifteen or twenty. They're gonna be close. Oh, yeah, for They sure. make, they get a couple of they get a couple of threes in the final two minutes, they can beat anybody. I, agree. I think they've shown that, and I think that's gonna make the, the tournament really interesting. Could be one and out. Could be Sweet 16 or more. I mean, they're 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 good enough on defense to where the, the expectations are wide open.
0: I, I agree wholeheartedly, and uh, it will. I can tell you this: if any anyone who is within, uh, you know, who has to play them in the first round or potentially in the second round, they're not going to want to see LSU in in that little piece of the bracket. I can tell you right now. Whoever coach sees that, they're going to be like, oh. That's yeah. not something they want to see. So it, they, they will be and
1: ugly and a lot of turnovers and steals and yeah. And, and look, it's, it's, it's kind of old school basketball in a good way.
0: All right. Jumping across the spectrum here. We're going to stay in the world of basketball and the, and the Pelicans and man, they go through this big old four game run, have a great, this great stretch. And then they lose Brandon Ingram for at least a week. Now, CJ McCollum's going into protocol, health and safety protocols. Man, it just, it, it's kind of, I don't want to say heartbreaking, but you get to the point where, you know, you lose the Magic at home the other night. That's a game to me you almost have to win. And now you're in a spot where you have to play without your your top two scorers for at least a game or two. And we don't know where this is going at the worst time it could have possibly happened. Yeah. And yeah.
1: They, they play tonight at home uh, against the Hornets, which is, Another team under 500. Wait, where in theory that, that's a W, like the Magic game. But man, without Ingram, they were lost offensively the other night uh, against Orlando. Now you've got No. McCollum, who's your other piece. Um, you got to figure out a way. Right now, they're still in the 10th spot. They're still in. <laughs> they're still in the playoffs. I know you said you hate teams sub 500 in playoffs. They're 12 games under 500 and in a playoff spot and a game and a half up. And it's actually, technically, it's not a playoff spot. It's a play-in spot to get to the playoffs. So I guess you could say they're not really in a playoff spot.
0: But, whatever. Uh, it's still wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay. And look, I, I'm not going to argue, but look, I tell you what, it's made the Pelican season a whole lot more fun.
0: It's I don't disagree so with that.
1: And the NBA, look, the NBA knows that. There's a lot of games it, it's in February, March, and April that don't matter, and nobody goes to and nobody watches. And now you've made, you know, at least some of those games meaningful and people wanting to watch. I want, I actually went to the Pelicans game Wednesday night against Orlando. Um, like I said, it was you talk about offensively brutal. It it, it really was. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas might have to score fifty for the Pelicans to win. But you know what? They got to figure that out. Um, I, I got a couple of observations on the year. I do think through this, even twelve games under five hundred. You get the feeling that Willie Green was a great hire Absolutely. for the right guy, and he's got him going in the right direction. I know it's twelve games under five hundred, and I know they're still figuring it out. But I like everything about Willie Green and what he's done. I think mean, he's put his players in positions to win to the best of a coach's ability. I love the job he's done. Um, it, the roster is still obviously not there, but look, I love the McCollum trade. I love what they've done with Jackson Hayes, playing him at the four, and just letting him run around and be an athletic freak. That was one thing I wanted to watch at the Orlando game. Is just watch Jackson Hayes because now he's not playing the five. So he doesn't have to play the other team's big guy. So a defense, he literally just runs around looking for a wild block shots or to. Double team somebody here or to occasionally play his band. And then on offense, he just runs around, doesn't look for the ball, but will look to make offensive rebounds or to get in a dunking position. So just watching him run around and be an athletic freak that they're letting him be, it, like that, that was a, a really nice coaching move that took Willie Green a couple of months to, like, I, that's what he's done. It's taken him a little while, but he's figured things out. He's worked through his problems. I find the team fun to watch. I don't know if Zion will ever play for the team, but um, but I do I do like where they are. Ever this are. year or ever again, and all, all of the above. Yes, I, I, ever this year and all of and you know next year and beyond. I just don't know. I, I don't. If, if you can get a big package for him, I think you've shown you've started something with Ingram and McCollum. Um, and the rest of the piece is that if you can get another piece around him that wants to be here, maybe that's the way to go. But also you'd love to see Zion be able to play on this. Game. Look, when the guy played last year, he was unbelievably good with the ball in a way that I would have never expected the whole point Zion thing. And it was amazing to watch. Um, Look, it's impossible to know what to believe. He says he wants to be here. You hear all the rumblings that his family doesn't want him to be here. The fact that he went to Portland to rehab leads you to believe he's trying to get away. Um, I I, I don't know what the truth is. Um, I I don't know if he's going to be healthy enough to play this year. I know his doctors say he will be. I have not heard that from the Pelicans. So I don't know if the team believes that. His one doctor has said he's on the road and he might be able to play. I don't know if that's true. But anyway, the, the, the bottom line is the Pelicans have a shot at that 10th spot. They're a game and a half up right now. And the teams around them, none of them are on fire and really seem to no. want that spot. So I, I feel like they are going to get into the play-in. And, and hopefully by then they have Ingram and McCollum back. And and look, that team is fun to watch. Brandon Ingram is taking a major step forward this year. They're fun to watch. They've got the right coach. I think for the first time in five years, look, here's my thing on Zion. And it's the same as Anthony Davis, and it's the same as Chris Paul. If Zion's here, the clock is ticking. And we're waiting for the moment when he leaves. And for me personally, look, I, I love Zion as a player. But if that's what heaven Zion is, I'd rather just trade him, see what we can get, and let's try to build something else and not waiting for Zion to leave. I, I've seen that movie twice. exactly what I was going to say. Yeah.
0: yeah, we've seen this movie before. It doesn't get good ratings.
1: It does, it does not. It's awful at the end.
0: It's got Rotten Tomatoes. It got like 18%. Oh,
1: my God. So, and I've seen what I think looks pretty good if you can build around these two guys. Obviously, they need more talent around them, but Zion's a pretty nice trade piece. So, Maybe the answer is to trade Zion, like let him get healthy, then trade him. See if you can get a package where you can get a legit, somebody as good as McCollum too, and then let's see if we can build something that might be sustainable. My point is, I don't know if a Zion Pelicans team is ever sustainable because the clock is ticking like it was with Anthony Davis and and Chris Paul.
0: I'm not blaming Zion, but I will say this: the first month or so of the season. They had this whole Zion thing looming over their heads. They start 3-16. and 16. Once the news comes out, he's not coming back anytime soon. All of a sudden, they start playing well. They play well. They play well. Zion's back in New Orleans. They stink again. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm not blaming Zion. I'm just saying it's a kind of weird coincidence that he's back around the team again, and they're stinking it up. I, I, I All kidding aside, this clearly is a legitimate basketball team with Zion Williamson on the floor if he's healthy. But I do agree with you. If there's a way that you could I just don't know if some team's gonna give you what you probably deserve or wanna get for trading that kind of player.
1: I don't know. I said he, he has got some marquee value that maybe he would not, I don't know that either. And 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 three and sixteen start the Pelicans are actually one game over five hundred That's insane. I yeah, they're not a great team, but they are a—they're a good than team, 500 team. They are yes. a good team. They're a little bit better than 500 since that start. Since they started figuring out how to play. Look, I, the funny thing about this team is that it was built for Zion. Devontae yeah. Graham is a is a catch and shoot three point shooter. He is built for Zion to drive the lane, kick out to him. So they built this team around Zion, and then the one guy they built around they don't have. So, right. So. So it did. It took Willie Green those 19 games to figure out what he had to to figure out a new way that we're not going to win with Zion because he's not playing and he's done that and yeah and because you know, McCallum, quite, McCallum quite, honestly, yeah.
0: quite honestly dog I'm I'm betting that Willie Green probably didn't know that Zion wasn't coming back until like a week before the season started. So oh,
1: yeah, there's he no, spent, I was at the press conference and Zion it was the Pelicans Media Day and I was there and Zion was laughing and smiling. And the question was, do you think you'll be ready for the open? He said, Oh, I'll be ready for the open. The regular like and I I don't think he was lying. Yeah. I think he believed that. And maybe he thought, okay, I won't be ready for the opener, but I'll be ready in November. Right. You know, I really and I and I do believe the team believed that as well. I don't think they thought, oh my God, he may not play this year. Like if you said that that day, I think they <laughs> Would have genuinely not believed you, and and then here we are, and he still hasn't played, and Willie Green has figured it out, and the fact that he hasn't played yet this year, and you're still in a playing spot, like I, I think that's a I think that's a solid result.
0: Yeah, at this point, I think it's just you might as well just. Not, I mean, there's no re- to me, there's absolutely no reason to put him on the floor this season at all. It's just going it no,
1: take a while to figure it out anyway.
0: Yeah, so let, let's just let him sit the rest of the season out at this point. Um, if there were 30 games left or 25 games left even, I'd say maybe. But when yeah. you're getting down to where, what do we have, 16, 15, 16 games left? Um, yeah,
1: they're, they're at 66. Yeah, 16 games
0: left. All right, so that that's, you know, we're to the point now. Even at best, he could probably come back with seven or eight games left. That just Yeah, well, that I'm that not sure
1: if he's fully practicing that. with, with so, we're not even there
0: yet. Yeah. So, that, uh, yeah. I wouldn't even try to, to push it. All right. Um, lastly, I uh, want to talk about the Saints. And uh, it's been an interesting week in football. We saw Russell Wilson traded to the Broncos, um, which everyone thinks now the Broncos, not everyone, but it, it, it's so funny how things work. And being a sports betting writer has opened my eyes to some things. Mm-hmm. I pay more attention to. to Different odds than I've ever paid attention before. The Broncos go from twenty five to one to win the Super Bowl. Now they're twelve to one because they got Russell Wilson, which to me is absolutely absurd. I love Russell Wilson. I think that trade was, um, in a word, moronic. I mean, you're giving up two first rounders, two second rounders, and a top ten tight end, in my opinion, for a guy that's start thir- look. I love Russell Wilson. I want to make that clear to everyone. Don't send me hate mail because I've already got a little bit of it, thinking that people thinking that I hate Russell Wilson. I love Russell Wilson. I think he's an outstanding quarterback. I think he's a potential Hall of Fame quarterback. I think he's still got probably three good years left. But he's 34 years old. He obviously went the wrong way last year. A first, two first, two seconds, a fifth, and a top ten tight end. And you're telling me that's going to change your franchise that much. I wanted the Saints to get Russell Wilson, but not for that price. And I'm thankful now that if that was the price, that is not worth. The Saints could not afford to pay that price.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, I think you saw in the playoffs the importance of quarterback play. And it's not like it has ever been at any point in the history of the NFL. Quarterback play. Agreed. San Francisco might have been the best team overall, but with terrible yeah. quarterback play, they, they, they had no chance. And quarterback play means everything. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you on the trade being too much. Denver has been close or they, they felt like they had a team that was close but, and a horrible quarterback play made them mediocre. And I, I don't blame them for wanting to take a shot at one legitimate star quarterback. I mean, I mean, look, you play sports to win a championship. Denver was never going to win a championship with whoever was they've had with drew Locke or whoever they've been rolling out at quarterback in the last five years they good, man. Yeah, right. so they're, 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 they're rolling the dice to try to win a championship i have nothing to expect for that and if that means you you overpay for a guy who gives you some modicum of a chance then i am all in on that because they had no chance um, without him, so I don't hate the trade from Denver's standpoint because they had to do something, and he was the best quarterback that was attainable. um Obviously, Aaron Rodgers was not attainable, and any rookie or other free agent Carson. sorry I are mean rolling the dice on Carson Wentz is the is the crazy one to me. Rolling the dice on Russell Wilson. This is the guy who has been an elite NFL quarterback that can change your offense. If, if that means you overpay for that. I, I don't have it. I'm okay with that.
0: The receiving core he had in Seattle is twice as good as the one he's going to in Denver. Why will he be better in Denver?
1: Oh, I don't know. He'll be better in Denver. I'm not. Oh, I, I don't,
0: okay. Well, Seattle was, like, was terrible last year.
1: Yeah, but Seattle was terrible in a lot of ways. Seattle was terrible on defense, too. I mean, Seattle Seattle was just terrible across the board. And and looks so maybe, maybe sometimes a, a, a new start can jumpstart him yeah. a little bit. He doesn't need to be better. He just needs to be himself. But Denver was already playing good defense. And now, you look, you've given yourself a chance. And that's, I think that's all you can do is give yourself a chance. And Denver has clearly been held back by horrible quarterback play. And if any team was going to overpay for a quarterback, they were the ones because they know what it's like to have terrible quarterback play to find your team.
0: One of my bets of next year, I can tell you in advance. I don't even know what the number is, but I can tell you it will be inflated. One of my bets of next year, and it will be the bet I probably put the most money on, is the Denver under whatever their projected win total is.
1: Oh, I like that. Okay, Because it will be
0: inflated. It will probably be in the neighborhood of 10.5 or 11. Right. Right. And they're still playing against Kansas City twice a year. They're still playing yes. Justin Herbert in the Chargers twice a year. They're still oh, playing yeah. it's a,
1: a good Raiders it's team twice a year. It's a monster division. Yeah, it's a monster division. Yeah, I think mean, That's interesting. It's me. Like talking about prop bets. Like to me, that's the most fun. Props. Like okay. I'm looking at. For sure. Like I, I, I have yet to place a bet since sports betting came to Louisiana. I have, obviously I have no problem with people doing it, but I have yet to place one. <laughs> I'll tell you, my first bets. Um, will be all baseball prop bets, and a lot of them will be on individual teams plus minus. Um, and, and I find those fascinating, like where a team is at the beginning and where you think they're going to be, and then where they actually are. And you know, like, and that's what I was talking about with the LSU men's basketball team. Like, they're better than I thought they were. You may not like Will Wade, but they've won more games than I thought they would. And so, to me he's got to get some credit for a pretty solid coaching job for for getting them above where I would have thought their bar was. And really green, look, it's been a lot more wins than I thought they would. But you told me they were going to play without Zion. Like, I'm not sure they were a playoff team with Zion. They're going to play the whole year without Zion. You
0: didn't think it's they'd fun. win 25 games.
1: Yeah, with a chance to, yes, right. And they have a chance to win 35. Um, maybe a little more, hopefully. But 35 if they go... Five hundred the rest of the way like he's he's won a few more games than i thought they would and yeah that that is a fascinating prop that because seattle will be one of the inflated teams look the saints are going to be one of the deflated teams 40 to 1 be, right now yeah. yeah and 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 when uh when the over under comes out they might be at eight which you know or seven and a half which will be interesting to watch
0: maybe we'll see i think they're probably more like we'll it. see but when you do decide to do your prop bets don't forget about shameless plug caesar sportsbook which is the official odds partner of bet.nola.com hey whenever i can get it in i, I gotta throw it in there they help us out quite a bit all right um but you know, as far as the saints go here's one thing that you know people I, social media is just driving me mad i, I mean it it kind of always has but it's just gotten even more ridiculous like the last year or two. I don't know if it's because people have been locked up in quarantine and their brains have turned to mush. Uh, or maybe I'm just getting a little less patient with the world because I'm older and I've been locked in quarantine. Hell, I'm locked in quarantine now. Um, but social media just is, is boggling the mind. Look, the favorite in the clubhouse to be the Saints quarterback right now is Jameis Winston. And if you look at the numbers that he put up last year, It showed that he is a different guy. I love the attitude that he's brought here. He wants to be here. Um, I think the team wants him here. Um, I think they're going to work out some kind of deal. So I think I'd say there's probably a 70% chance that Jameis Winston is your starting quarterback on opening day on the second Sunday in September or whenever it is. And I have no problem with that. I did sort of last year. But what I saw in that little seven-game window, I really, really liked. And I think this guy can lead this team at least for the immediate future. If that's the 70,
1: what's the third?
0: I think there's a mix of Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy Garoppolo, or someone that's just we haven't heard of yet, which is – Probably five percent. So I, I think it's twenty five percent Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy Garoppolo, five percent someone that's not even being talked about. It's seventy percent Jameis Winston. It's not Taysom Hill, and it's not Patrick Simeon, and it's whatever. Oh
1: God,
0: not Ian yeah. Bull, none of those guys.
1: Oh God, yeah, no, and I, I don't think anyone. That's zero
0: percent. Right.
1: Okay, first of all. I would, I would give Teddy Bridgewater a little higher percentage. Let me just say this right off the bat. Of the names you brought up, I, it's not going to be Taysom Hill or Ian Book. Right, because that's Dennis Allen knows, Look, Dennis Allen had terrible quarterback play in Oakland. It's, right. I, the one thing I'm positive of, and I think not franchise tagging Marcus Williams is part of this, is that Dennis Allen's going to go get the quarterback that he wants because he knows we're talking about quarterback play a minute ago. He knows he cannot win. He cannot be successful without at least pretty good quarterback. play. He may not need a superstar quarterback because he knows he's going to have a good defense, but he's got to get. So, and, and the one baseline is, and I think all Saints fans know this, but for the last 15 years, there has not been a consensus. <clears throat> the Saints have done what Sean Payton wanted to do and everyone else was following Payton's orders and making Payton's directives happen. So, I hate to say this, it was a little more it was a little easier to predict what Sean Payton would do because we knew it was all on Sean Payton and we knew Sean Payton well. Now, we've opened it up a little bit. It's Dennis Allen's call now, but I don't think Dennis Allen is going to operate the same kind of forced autonomy that Sean Payton did. I do think it's going to be more of a collective and I do think there's going to be input from everybody. And I do think they're going to come to a decision. But I also believe they know what quarterback needs. Right, that's where we're starting. Um, the Saints won in this offense with Pete Carmichael with Teddy Bridgewater. They were 5-0. and oh. Teddy Bridgewater plays a very safe game, a very check down game. Um, I, I believe, and I haven't looked this up in three years, but in those five games, I think Teddy Bridgewater had one turnover in those five games. It might be two, but I think it was one. But either way, Teddy Bridgewater protected the ball, he played to the defense, and they went 5-0. and out. Jameis Winston is more of a gunslinger. Right? He, wants well, he protected the ball well, there. too. He, he didn't protect it as well as Bridgewater, but he did a solid job. But, but I do think the difference is uh, Bridgewater is safer. Jameis gives you a bigger upside. Jameis throws an unbelievably beautiful deep ball, and Jameis is going to be a gunslinger. I think the thing that Jameis did that surprised me the most was how many times he took off and ran. But he didn't have stuff, he ran and he had never been a runner before and he was an extremely effective runner in the Green Bay win and in the Tampa game, he actually got hurt on a play when he was running and he was forced to run because he had a bunch of receivers who couldn't get any separation. I would love to see Jameis with some legitimate weapons. Look, I was on your show a couple of times last year. I was Jameis' biggest fan, and I know he's going to throw into coverage a couple of times. It was one touchdown to Juwan Johnson. That was a, oh, to Marquez Callaway. That was a jump ball that could have gone either way. He trusted his guy, and he got a touchdown. I know he's going to do that sometimes. but I agree with you. I think, I think you can win a Super Bowl with Jameis because I think Jameis can be extremely good. Now, you're also getting the gunslinger thing. So what we're going to learn about Dennis Allen, whether he goes with Teddy Bridgewater, who I think would certainly come here, and Bridgewater had enough non-success post-Saints oh, where I think he'd be very affordable if you wanted to get him, or does he want to go gunslinger and and you know and sh- and roll a dice big and go Jameis? So I think we're going to learn something about Dennis Allen, which guy he pursues. I do think he can get either of those guys. But one guy I don't want is Jimmy Garoppolo. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, to no, me, is Teddy Bridgewater, but not as good. He's, he's not the gunslinger that Jameis is. To me, Jameis is just clearly better, although Jameis has a downside. And if you want to play safe and win with defense, Jameis is not your guy. Teddy Bridgewater is. To me, Jimmy Garoppolo is in that mold, but Teddy Bridgewater is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. I am not a Garoppolo fan. I think you saw it in the playoffs. He's extremely limited, and he'll cost you draft picks. So why would I give draft picks for a guy that's not as good as Bridgewater, who's my safe option that's out there? It looked like if you had asked me a month ago, I would have said I was leaning Bridgewater. you ask me now, I would say I'm leaning Jameis, just because I do think when it comes to free agency where there's smoke, like there's legitimate fire, and I am hearing the same smoke on Jameis. I was not hearing it a month ago. I am hearing it now, which leads me to believe that there is legitimate a legitimate action on Jameis. And I, and I, the first thing when I saw Marcus Williams not franchise tagged was they're making sure they get their quarterback because maybe you can win without a great safety. They're positive they can't win without a quarterback. And they learned that last year.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, too, though, uh, I, I think they were holding out because I think they did have hope that they could get, find a way to get Russell Wilson here. Um, so, that, so, that. So, that. Uh, so I think that, that played a big part in it. Um, it's one of two things to me, if you're think you're going to get, a, a, some quarterback for the long-term future, that's not available right now. You sign Teddy Bridgewater for a year or two, and then you figure it out in the next two years. If you're willing to make a semi, at least a semi commitment to a guy like Jameis Winston right now for at least three or four years, and you say, we're rolling with this guy for three or four years then I think that's why, and, and I think I think they're going to be willing to roll the dice and say, you know what, we're going to go with Jameis for three or four years. If a guy comes up in the draft in the next year or two that we can get and we think can be the future, we'll get him. But for right now, I think Jameis Winston gives them the best chance to be like, which is a, te- they can't win a Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater. No, I know no if Bridgewater. They, they can win games. Oh, for sure. And they can be a playoff team and all that but I don't think they can be a legitimate team like they were with Drew Brees. They, they need to have Winston to me is the floor of what's out there to me. He's the only one left that can possibly get him to a super bowl. I I
1: would agree with that. I agree with that a hundred percent. When he's right, He is good enough to get you. Look, you won a national championship. He is good enough. He's first pick on the draft for a reason. He is good enough to win a Super Bowl. I agree with that 100%. But one guy I like in the draft that might or might not, my guess is no, but might get to the Saints when they pick, is Matt Corral at Ole Miss. I love his skill set for the modern NFL. I agree. Uh, We would not want to trade up to get him. I wouldn't want to give up next year's number one or a bunch of other draft picks. But if you get Jameis – or two, three years is probably legit. I don't think you're going to get Jameis for one year or a two years. I think if you want to sign Jameis, it's going to have to be for three. I don't think if someone's going to 100%. offer him. Four,
0: yeah, right? 100%. So,
1: but I do think Matt Corral is the guy that if he falls to you, he's the one guy with enough upside in the modern NFL. I mean, the difference he made at Ole Miss was night and day, and he could be a great player, I think. I know he's a little smallish, but and I, I love Matt Corral, his whole skill set, and he's the one guy that I would love to, you got to get a quarterback before that, because you, you just got to hope you get him. And if you don't, okay, no big deal, but he's the one guy that I really like.
0: I got to be honest. I'd be willing to trade up for him because I agree with you hundred percent. I, I think that even Kenny Pickett, I'm not sold on Kenny Pickett at all. I think oh, Matt yeah. Corral is the only guy in this, the only quarterback in this draft that I think is going to be a legit NFL quarterback. It scares me that he gets hurt. Um, yeah, it yeah. scares me the way he plays. They'll have to work yeah. on that. But I'm all in on if if they can find a way to get Matt Corral. That to me, that do it. Go out there and do it. And he can he can sit there for a year or two and try to figure things out. And then you right. you still sign Jameis to me for three years. And oh
1: yeah 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 yeah, you Jameis first because you don't know. If, look, Corral I think is dynamic enough for it. somebody took him ninth at the draft.
0: You wouldn't be surprised. surprised. Yeah, right.
1: You wouldn't surprise me at all. And the Saints can't get to top.
0: No, I agree.
1: You know, the, the way the draft is, Were they, 21?
0: No, yeah, yeah. No, they're 19. 18 or 19? 19. 19. Yeah. yeah, I think they're 19.
1: But I don't need to know yet. Um, it won't be long. That to get to 8 or 7, you're not going to want to give Ryan Ramchick and a number one. Yeah, right, it. of course. I mean, like, it, it just takes too many assets to get into the top 10. So you need, you need him to sort of fall to you. And, yeah, maybe then he falls to 15 or 16, you could make a trade because then you would have the assets to make you know, a lesser trade. But he's the one guy that I think in the draft – and, look, there's a bunch of guys you could take a shot on in the draft in rounds five or six or seven and hope they pan out, but you got to get a quarterback before the draft. You can't wait on the draft to get your quarterback. Not if you're outside of the top five picks in the draft.
0: I agree wholeheartedly. And speaking of drafts, I will see you soon because I guess we'll be doing our baseball drafts for too long. I can't believe uh, I was starting to wonder if we were going to play at all. So, I mean, I've led with baseball. You and I have been in the same baseball league together. I, there's nothing I enjoy more than kicking you and Duncan and Triplett and Mike Prange's ass. I mean, it really makes my year. I mean, I don't know where I'm going to put this sixth ring. I couldn't find one that fits my thumb. So I, I'm just going to have to figure it out, I guess. We- no,
1: look, you are you are shockingly good in that league. But I will say, I am a multiple-time winner of that league. Yeah, it's not like I have never uh, cracked the top, whatever. But I'm on a two-game, a two-year skid where I have not been good. But I wow. like some of my pieces this year. Um, we have a unique keeper rule, and I've never heard of this. But in, in Jim's league, you know, it's all we, we have a salary cap, and you have, you have prices on guys. You can keep guys for one year at the same price anybody but then by the second year they all go back in the pool which is a good thing because then we draft every single player in baseball every other year or at least right. every other year so like i'm in one week where somebody drafted bryce harper when he was 18 he has still not come up in a draft yeah, that's insane yeah, he, that, that's, that's that's not, not the way it's supposed to be now he goes up in price every year so now he's being so so he costs that team a, a pretty sizable chunk of their salary cap. Yeah. yeah, we've never been on Bryce Harp ever in, a, in an open draft. I know because they're they're allowed to keep it. Anyway. Well, it makes more
0: strategy when you got. It's kind of a half half dynasty, half new league every year. It's fun, it and we've well, had the same. Fun. We've it's had the good, same yeah. ten guys for a few years now. Uh, we've got some legends that have been in the league. Some guys that are no longer with us that that we love and miss dearly. Um, it is a fun league. It it, it used to be all media guys, and now it's kind of a, a hodgepodge, and it's certainly fun. But the one thing that's the most fun is the fact that you're going to have to pay for my dinner. I'm just I'm just going to love that fact.
1: Yeah, There's uh, another rule we had. where we have ten teams in the league. The top four collect money, but then we do a dinner, which we've done the last few years at Drago's Gallery, yeah. and it's
0: give it's Tommy a, a plug. After.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, he rolls He deserves it. Yeah, let us have our there. The bottom six teams in the league have to pay for the dinner for the top four. So not only do the top four take your money, but then they also you pay for their dinner on draft day the next year. That's a great rule. I love and, that
0: rule. And I'm going to tell you, uh, little boys and girls, before we let them go, where Doug Mouton got super smart, okay? This, this is no coincidence, the way this happened, okay? The reason why we do it at Drago's is because we used to, like, do it at different places, and the losers had to pay, but the four winners basically would order, like, all kinds of stuff. They'd be ordering five appetizers and maybe two entrees and whatever. So now, Doug... Look, I mean, you can't beat Drago's. It's it's if it's not my favorite restaurant, it's certainly in my top three or four. Um, so now we have it to where we get all the stuff we want, basically. But it's a it's a pay per head type thing. And so Doug, Doug down. Wise, oh, and Doug, he, he got tired of paying like like 180 bucks for dinner, and now he's got right. whatever the one price is. He pretty much knows what it is. Smart. When they man.
1: bring out the trays of the charbroiled oysters, and everybody reaches their hands into and that's a it's some fun moments but yeah now we do it sort of buffet style and yeah it does manage the cost for those of us who were not in the top four last year well, for those yeah. of us who went too hard on testing era and were let down last year um, yeah.
0: it really uh, hurt my it really hurt my feeling really hurt my feelings last year that i i had to pay because i'm so not you know i don't think i'd paid in like i don't know 12 years or something so uh, i I actually had to find some money. I had to go dig dig in my wallet. I don't know what the hell that's like. So it'll be nice to not have to pay again this year. For a couple years in a row,
1: I've had to
0: pay. All right. I I couldn't let you go without giving you a little grief. We will talk to you soon. Uh, Doug Moots on WWL TV. Thank you so much for for spending part of your Friday with us here on Datitude.
1: Jim, anytime.
0: Fun stuff, fun stuff. Here to have fun. That's why we're here, right? Douglas always brings a little, you know. I had to give him a little grief about baseball, you know. You know, I've just been kicking their butts for 20 years, six titles in 20 years. I mean, not that I'm bragging or anything, but you know, when you get a chance to, you you gotta throw something out there, right? You know, it is what it is. All right. Well, we're gonna close out the show. In a programming note, we were going we're gonna go back to uh, one show a week, at least for the next few weeks. If if LSU makes a serious run. Maybe we'll have two shows um, later on. We might have two shows the week of the Final Four, uh, with it being in New Orleans. We'll have to figure that out as we go along. But I know next week we won't be back on again until next Friday, uh, possibly Thursday. If L.G. is playing on Thursday, we may do the show on Thursday instead of Friday. So look for that coming up next week. And don't forget to subscribe to Datitude if you haven't already, Uh, just wherever you find your podcast. Uh, that way you will be notified every time we have a new episode. And uh, we've had some weird schedules going on the past uh, couple months ever since football ended. It may, it may be that way going forward. Because I know when when the draft gets close, we're going to do it. Uh, we'll, we'll go back to twice a week at least for a little while when we get closer to the draft. I look forward to having some great guests on the show. And, again, we couldn't do this without you. And uh, we thank you for, for being a part of this. We are glad to be back. Uh, Hopefully I'll be back to normal and I'll be out of my cage by this weekend. We'll see. Um, But we know this. We're going to have fun watching LSU as long as they can play. Uh, And the LSU women as well. We didn't get to talk about them much today. But uh, we wish them well going forward in the tournament. We'll be talking about all of that and more next week on the Bayou Bet Show. That will be coming up on Monday uh, as we dive into the brackets. And then, of course, Next Thursday, we'll be doing the At the Book show where I hopefully will be out of quarantine and we'll be back at Harris uh, to do that show and then Datitude of course, next week. So we've got a lot planned for you at com. We thank you for joining us. We will see you next week all over across our wonderful platform. Make sure you come back and say hello. Peace and love, my friends.